Hello, everyone. This is Tria Parsi. I'm the Executive Vice President of the Quincy Institute, a think tank in Washington, D.C. Hi, everyone. I'm Negar Murtazavi, a journalist and political analyst and host of the Iran podcast in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're going to talk about nuclear negotiations and in general diplomacy between Tehran and Washington. So, Trida, what is the latest status of the negotiations in Vienna? We know there is a little bit of a stalemate or a halt and uh, this coinc coinciding of the negotiations with the presidential elections in Iran has created some problems. Certainly. I mean, there's not been any meetings taking place for almost a month now. Um, and that is because of the fact that this ended up dragging into the new uh, the Iranian presidential elections. And what many had hoped, but against all wisdom, I guess, was that the Iranians would want to have an agreement in place under Rouhani so that when the new president, Ebrahim Raisi, came in, he would be able to just treat it as a fait accompli. He could blame Rouhani for the shortcomings, but also take credit for whatever benefit it provided. Uh, but at a minimum, the deal would be in place. Now, instead, it's become quite clear the Iranians are not going to sign anything until Raisi has come into office um, and potentially also seek to uh, negotiate a little bit harder than already has been taken place, which could create some really, really significant difficulties. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in for a ride. Mm -hmm. and, and the question to me uh, that is really quite decisive in all of this is, will Raisi try to change the red lines or is he just under some sort of a political pressure to prove that he is a better negotiator than Rouhani and as a result be able to say, see, I got a better deal, kind of similar to what Trump did. But it's really unclear to me, and I'm really interested in what your thoughts on, on this is. Where is Raisi in all of this? Mm. Well, the difference between Raisi and Trump is that he's not the top decision maker in Iran and he's a close associate of Ayatollah Khamenei, the supreme leader. And we know that the nuclear deal as it exists had the approval of the supreme leader. So it's likely, or I'm hoping, that Raisi would eventually come around for uh, whatever the existing deal is or however the arrangement or agreement um, would be reached after he becomes president. But the follow-on problem is that the nuclear deal, if it does finalize, is going to be the floor, uh, the ceiling, I'm sorry, and not the floor um, of diplomacy between Tehran and Washington. And this is something that could have been different if a moderate um, rose to power in Iran. President Biden potentially could have eight years, four to eight years, an entire one or two terms um, to work on other issues, as he suggested, beyond a nuclear um, program with Iran. But right now, with a hardliner in place, I think this is going to sort of resemble the era of Mahmoud Ahmadinejad when negotiations between Tehran and Washington almost went nowhere. So um, I think we should expect even more difficult and complicated um, tensions or attempts at diplomacy between Tehran and Washington. But Trita, what I finally want to ask you is how you think domestic politics in Iran is going to impact diplomacy with Washington. Right now, as we speak, there are anti-government protests happening in Khuzestan and other areas of Iran in solidarity 
there's a lot of repression. The crackdown seems to be very violent by security forces. And there was also a, a kidnapping plot uncovered by the FBI recently. Talk about how all of these happening in Iran uh, are going, if at all, uh, to impact diplomacy with Washington. I'm not 100% sure that it will. I mean, it certainly could. But I think from the Biden administration's perspective, getting this nuclear deal is so critical because it is essential to their broader plan for the Middle East as well as for Asia as a whole. If there is no nuclear deal, the U.S. and Iran are going to continue to gravitate towards war with uh, each other. And under those circumstances, the type of a shift Biden wants to see towards a far greater focus on China, for instance, simply cannot take place. Um, and it would upend a lot of the other plans. So I, I think uh, this creates a degree of discipline on both sides in which they're uh, more unwilling to allow these other highly problematic events to uh, play into these negotiations or to the political calculus around them. Uh, it's not an easy thing because if it continues to become really bad, particularly when it comes to the protests in Iran, the political cost for the Biden administration is going to increase. There's going to be more criticism of the idea of doing a deal. But at the same time, it also reinforces the very necessity of finding some sort of an agreement because you don't make agreements with countries you have agreement, uh, already agree with. You do it with countries that you have disagreements with and you need to find some sort of an agreement in order to ensure that the situation doesn't get worse and that you find yourself on a path towards getting those issues resolved. That's what diplomacy at the end of the day is all about. Mm. And that's